listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio. Send feedback via the contact form on our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy this program, please consider subscribing to our podcast for just $5 a month at iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Mondays, it's the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, it's the Blue Beetle. This episode originally aired on June 26, 1940, and this is Rounding Up the Payroll Bandits. down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the mysterious, all-powerful character who is a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled Rounding Up the Payroll Bandits. The police department of York City, facing a general shakeup because of pressure from prosperous and influential businessmen who have suffered financial loss from a series of payroll robberies, has taken a vow not to rest until the last payroll bandit is behind bars. As our story opens, patrolman Dan Garrett, who secretly operates as the Blue Beetle, is discussing the matter with his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz, the chemist. Police commissioner is offered a week's leave of absence and a promotion to the man who rounds up these payroll bandits. Where are you going to spend your leave of absence, Danny? <laughs> I wish the commissioner had as much faith in my ability as you have, Doc. Oh, I think he has, Danny. You certainly emulate the Northwest Mounties. You always get your man. Yes, but as the Blue Beetle, not as Patrolman Dan Garrett. Too bad you couldn't run down a few criminals as Dan Garrett and get a promotion. I'm not interested in promotion, Doc. I prefer to work secretly as the Blue Beetle. I know. Well, that's your life ambition. You're old enough to know your own mind. What's the morning papers say about the Wesson payroll robbery? Oh, uh, just a moment. It's right here on the front page. Ah. Yes, here it is. Wesson Company payroll robbery believed by police to be inside job. Police Commissioner Donnelly issued statement to the Perez as follows. After thorough investigation of several recent payroll robberies, we are convinced that in each case the job was engineered from inside. I agree with the Commissioner that it's an inside job, but I also believe there's a mastermind planning each robbery in advance. The fact that each robbery has been so perfectly planned and executed? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, uh, someone out in front of Miss Orr. I'll see who it is. Good morning, Dr. Brown. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Jarvis. Beautiful day, isn't it? Yes, yes. Lovely, lovely. The trees are so green and the flowers in the park so bright and colorful. Well, I haven't been out in the park so far this spring. You should go, Doctor. It would do you good to get out in the sun. This apothecary shop is rather dark, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is, rather. But I spend a lot of time in my laboratory. Ah, yes. You're a very capable chemist, I've heard have developed some rather interesting and effective formulas. Well, uh, I'm constantly experimenting. Yes, and so am I. You work with chemicals. I work with men. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Jarvis, uh, how is the mission you founded working out? Splendidly. The Reverend Morehouse is doing a remarkable job of rehabilitating the derelicts who wander in. I understand you get jobs for them. Help them to get on their feet if they show any aptitude at all. Yes, yes, I have helped some of them. That's what we're here for, to help one another. Well, I just dropped in for a bag of gumdrops. Always like to have some gumdrops in my pocket. The children, you know. Yes, yes. Youngsters are fond of them, aren't they? Uh, uh, How many? Oh, uh, about ten cents worth, I'd say. A few at a time. They stay fresher that way. Yes, yes, indeed. Here you are. Thank you. And here's your money. I'm sorry I've taken up so much of your time. Uh, Goodbye, Doctor. Uh, Good day, Mr. Jarvis. That was Jarvis, the philanthropist, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, that's right. Funny old codger. Yes, but he's doing a wonderful job with the unfortunate he attracts to his east side mission. He even goes out to the penitentiary and meets criminals when they are released. He finds jobs for them. Hmm. Must have money and influence. Mm-hmm. He apparently has. Well, got to get going. Mike Manigan's probably waiting for me at headquarters. Uh, what are you going to do about these robberies, Danny? I'm going to ask the commissioner for a special assignment to run down these payroll bandits. So long, Doc. Uh, goodbye, Danny. And good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Come to order. Oh, Benny, take a look outside and make sure nobody's listening. That door. All clear here, Flick. Okay. Now listen closely, all of you, so I won't have to repeat the instructions. The armored truck bringing the payroll of the Apex Department Store is due at 12 noon sharp. Benny there will be one of the guards in it. You better beat it now, Benny. You go on duty at 9. Okay, boy. And remember when you shoot shoot into the side of the building. I don't want any of our boys hurt. Sure thing, boss. Anything delays you, call me. I'll be checking Apex employees out to lunch right next to the Logan Ramp. All right, boss. Luigi. Excuse, boss. You'll have your flower wagon at the curb near the Apex loading ramp. That's the right, boss. And be sure your Tommy gun is well hidden under the flower box. Yes, boss. You know what to do when the time comes. Sure, boss. Dead the man to make it a poor witness. Right. Joe, yes. you and Eddie will have the car with the motor running. Across the street, headed toward the river. Right. Okay. Oh, Tink, you and Blackie will be on the loading platform. As soon as the bags are dropped there, pick them up and make a dash for the car. Yeah, okay. Oh, Sailor. Yep. You'll be ready with a speedboat to put a canal straight. Aye, aye, sir. Well, that takes care of everybody but you, Rankin. Now, let's see. The liquor store where you work is around the block from the Apex department store. Yeah, that's right. Well, here's what you do. 
At ten minutes to twelve, you'll be fussing around with some bottles in the show window. And at five minutes to twelve, make sure that one of the bottles slips and smashes the window. That'll set off the burglar alarm and attract the cops on the beat to that particular spot. You got it? Right. That'll leave the coast clear for us. Everything clear to you, boys? Yeah. All right. Now, set your watches and get going. And remember, if anybody slips up, it's going to be just too bad for that guy. It's $100,000 in the Apex payroll, and B.J. wants that dough. See that armored truck ahead of us, Danny? Yes, Mike. Well, I'd like to own the money they're carrying. Maybe the truck's empty. No, no, they're carrying the Apex payroll. Oh, how do you know? Hey, because Apex pays off today. Hey, perhaps we ought to follow it, just in case. Yeah, that'd be a feather in our cap if we could capture the payroll bandits right in the act. Yes, but I wouldn't get the man higher up. A mastermind of the racket. Well, I don't believe there's any mastermind. I do. These robberies are too well planned. Well, just the same, I'd like to be in on the job when the law catches up with them. And the truck's pulling into the Apex loading platform. Why don't you pull in here, Mike? I want to go in that cigar store and phone Charlie Storm at the Sun for some information. Okay, you go phone. I'll cruise around the block and pick you up. Uh, what time is it, Mike? It's uh, five minutes to twelve. I can probably catch him before he goes to lunch. Okay, Danny. I'll be around in five minutes. Charlie Storm. Hello, Charlie. Now, this is Dan. Dan Garrett. Yeah. Say, uh, what do you know about a philanthropist by the name of... Never mind, Charlie. I'll call you later. Goodbye. criminal who rules this gang of underworld characters and whose first name is Benjamin. 
Can Dan Garrett pick up the trail? And as the Blue Beetles sweep down upon these murderous bandits and bring them to justice, these questions will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. copyrighted box feature, appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to The Blue Beetle. to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue stain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is the second part of the story entitled Rounding Up the Payroll Bandit. Those of you who heard the first part of the story on a previous broadcast will remember that patrolman Dan Garrett, who is secretly the Blue Beetle, was talking to Charlie Storm of the York City Sun on the telephone when his conversation was interrupted by some shots outside the cigar store from which he had been phoning. Rushing out of the store, he shot one of the payroll bandits. The bandit's dying words were, I'm through. I tried to go straight, but DJ, and that was all, except his final gasp, DJ is Benjamin, and then he expired. As our story opens today, Dan Garrett is in the little apothecary shop of his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz, discussing the case with him. What makes you so suspicious of Mr. Jarvis, the philanthropist, Danny? His first name is Benjamin, isn't it? Yes, yes, that may only be a coincidence. After all, he's a respected man in the community. He established the East Side Mission for Down and Others. I know. But I've got a hunch he doesn't do it from philanthropic motives. And his voice is too oily, too pleasant. Well, you're probably more sensitive to such things than I am. Perhaps. Whoever planned that robbery certainly planned well. You were the only policeman on the job, weren't you? Yes, and I'd have been with Manigan if I hadn't dropped in to phone Charlie Storm. Now, how much did the robbers get away with? About $50,000. Mm, it was about that same amount in the bag you saved by shooting one of the robbers. Yes. Uh, someone in the store, I'll see you. Yes, Mr. Jarvis. Yes, Mr. Jarvis. Yes, Mr. Jarvis. Yes, Mr. Jarvis. Yes, Mr.
and wife. It's the Tolman Dane Garrett here. What? Yes, I am Dan Garrett. You shot my father, didn't you? Your father? He was I... one of the payroll bandits. Oh, I, I see. You're Blackie Blackburn's daughter. Yes, and you killed him. But it was, it was in line of duty. Your, your father yes, was... Yes, I know. But I'm all alone now. You've got to protect me. I'm so scared. They'll do something to me. Who'll do something to you? The gang my father was in with. Slick Thomas and B.J. B.J.? Who is B.J.? Well, I, I, I'm not sure, but but I believe that he... Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, she's fainted, darling. Yes, yes, just, just a minute. I, I, I'll get something. Oh, here. Here, here. Now let me hold this ammonia salt under her nose. There. there. <laughs> what happened? Where am I? Oh, you're all right. All right. You just fainted, that's all. Oh, yes, I... I guess it was the excitement and the fear of those men. They got my father into trouble. He was trying to go straight, but they wouldn't let him. Well, suppose you try to keep calm and tell me all about it. You're safe here. Well, when my father got out of the penitentiary, I went up to meet him. But there was someone else there with a car. The man's father called B.J. Did you meet B.J.? No, but I saw him. What did this B.J. look like? Oh, he was about 60, I'd say. Rather portly, iron gray hair. Mark, that sounds very much like your philanthropist friend, Benjamin Jarvis. But it proves nothing. That's true, but there's enough smoke to make me think there's a fire somewhere. Look, Miss Blackburn, uh, you run along home. Oh, I'm... But I have no home now that my father... Have you any folks, Miss Blackburn? Call me, Julie. Where? Julie, uh, where's your mother? I don't know where my mother is. She left father years ago. You see, I, I really haven't anybody. Dr. Friend, why couldn't I stay here and keep house for you? Uh, well, I, uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that wouldn't work out. Uh, the proprieties and, uh... Oh, look out! Okay, look out, I'm covering you too, Doc. We've covered a girl. You won't get the girl, but you'll get this. Oh, <laughs> you asked for a copper? Oh, oh, uh, that'll keep you quiet, copper. Shut up, kid, or I'll rock you on the beam, too. Back up to the wall, Doc. I don't want to mess up your place, but we came for the girl, and we're going to get... If you think you can get away with such high-handed business as this, you're mistaken. Oh, yeah? Try and stop it. Hey, Penny, get up. Come on, get up, get up. Let's scram with the dame. What happened? The copper stopped you, and I beat you with my gas. He's out like a light. Come on. Uh, what do we do? Take the girl and scram. Let's take them all. Be jail decide what to do with them. Okay. You tie up the cop while I tie up the girl. You take your hands off me or I'll see my house. Release that girl. Says who? Uh, he's hey, got something in his hand. Yes, that chemical's so strong that if I hit you with this ampule, it'll break. And the contents will burn you to a cinder in ten seconds. Ah, he's bluffing. No, he ain't. Doc France knows his business, I heard. Hey, fast, gentlemen. Better drop those guns or hey, I'll... Hey, okay, okay, okay. Right, okay. Uh, now, gentlemen, back against the wall. Yeah. While I phone to Benjamin Jarvis yeah. and tell B.J., I have two of his rescued souls here in my apothecary shop. Oh, no. No, Doc, hey, hey, no. Turn us over to the police, Doc, but don't tell B.J. Keep up the thoughts. just what I wanted to find out. Julie. Yes, Dr. Frank. Telephone the police department and tell them to send a patrol wagon over here for a pair of B.J.'s thugs. Honestly, Doc, I'm ashamed of myself. Me, a policeman, letting two thugs get the better of me while... Don't well, worry, Danny boy. What's a little setback like that? You've proven your mettle many times, both as Dan Garrett and as the Blue Beetle. Yes, I know, but... Oh, in front of Julie I understand, and... Danny, I understand. But what are you going to do about DJ? The Blue Beetle is going to do a little flying and a little bluffing. Where to? 
East Side Mission. We still haven't any proof that this E.J. and the philanthropist Benjamin Jarvis are the same individual. I have a hunch. When Benjamin Jarvis is confronted by the Blue Beetle, he'll let something slip that can be used as evidence of what about witnesses. I'd like to borrow that portable sound recording device of yours. Oh, I have a better suggestion. What's that, Doc? Call me on your portable wireless phone just before you make your appearance, and I'll record everything here. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, the Blue Beetle's going to church, but he won't hear a sermon. He may provide a text for one. Yes, a true one. Be sure your sins will find you out. Thank you. 
this story is never play the hypocrite like Ben Jarvis. For if you do, you will be found out. And thanks to the Blue Beetle, the businessmen of the city have been freed from the menace of the hypocritical B.J. and his payroll bandits. What new adventures await the Blue Beetle in his crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. copyrighted box feature, appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to The Blue Beetle. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. You know, I don't quite get why Jarvis was so quick to commit suicide rather than being caught. I mean, typically that only happens in these kind of stories when the villain finds out the hero's secret identity. Now, this was not the case in this episode. I mean, not even close. Now, Jarvis would probably have only done time, maybe a lot of time, but still... Only time, it's doubtful he would have gotten the chair, or even life. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Spotify, Apple, or Google. We're also on Stitcher, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, or by listening right from our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy our program, please make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so by visiting iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support. Tomorrow we'll play a new episode of My Favorite Husband starring Lucille Ball and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off. <laughs>